Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those two, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, a yoga and meditation teacher, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. And I'm really honored to welcome you to a new season on our podcast called The Heartbreak Diaries. Now, heartbreak is a harsh but incredibly powerful spiritual teacher. It pulls the rug out from underneath us and asks us to find our footing amidst the free fall. It shatters us and demands we piece ourselves back together, more whole and holy than ever before. As I've weathered a massive series of heartbreaks over the past year and a half, I've realized that one of the most painful pieces of grief is often the isolation it brings. So I'm on a mission to help shift this by creating a safe space where women can share not only the highs of our lives, but more importantly, the lows. To help us find a sense of community in our struggles and to give voice to the losses that we often grieve in silence, I've created this special interview series called The Heartbreak Diaries. Over the next couple weeks, I'll share four intimate interviews with women who've weathered intense heartbreak and come out the other side even stronger. 
from growing older to the sudden death of a beloved, from baby loss to divorce and the loss of a parent, these brave women will open up about some of the toughest chapters of their lives and exactly what they did to be transformed by them on every level. Beyond being a safe space to speak up and share about our losses, this series has another purpose. It honors the opening of a new course that I've been working on for the past year called Healing from Heartbreak, Transform Through the Wild Wisdom of Grief. This gentle, guided, four-week heroine's journey is the exact course that I wish I'd had during my own heartbreaks. It gathers all the resources, all the tools that I've had to piece together on my own, and I'm offering it to you in one place to help us heal and grow into more human and honest versions of ourselves with the community support and tools we need to make it through our darkest days. As I've learned to befriend rather than fear my grief over these past couple of years, I've discovered that weathering it well requires a truly compassionate and integrative approach. So we start on June 7th, and there's a special gift for any woman who joins us early before May 30th. And you can learn more at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. So grab your tissues, get comfy, and enjoy this intimate interview as part of our Heartbreak Diaries. Hello, sisters. It is a strange day here in Boulder. It's uh, it's mid-May, and it's incredibly snowy and windy and dark outside. So I'm just hunkering in with a cup of tea and my dog Sadie sleeping at my feet. And I'm really looking forward to sharing with you our first interview of this series today with Krista Barber, who's a leadership trainer and coach who also lives here in Boulder. And I've known Krista pretty much since I moved to Boulder about 10 years ago. We're part of the same kind of conscious community here. And the story that she's going to tell us today is one that really rippled strongly through our entire community almost two years ago. And I'll let Krista tell that story, but it's been really uh, beautiful and powerful to witness from afar how she has navigated this intense passage of a very sudden, unexpected death of her partner and how she dealt with the shock of that and has continued to move forward and to heal from that process, not only to heal, but to grow stronger from it. So I'll let her share that story with you all. And I also really want to honor Krista because this is the first time that she's spoken publicly about her partner Mark's passing and just to really create a safe space amongst us all listening for her to share this. And I know it was healing for her to to give voice to the journey that she's been on. And I know that there's going to be women out there who have experienced something similar or, or who are going to and who's are going to find a sense of you know meaning and refuge in Krista's story. So 
I hope that you enjoy it and I hope it's helpful for you. And please do share it with any woman in your life who could really use Krista's message today. All right, here we go. Right. Welcome, Krista. Hi, Sarah. Hello. It's really good to have you here with us. Thank you. It's really great to be here, and I really appreciate um, the invitation to talk about my journey with you. Yes, and I want to I want to honor. I know this is really the first time that you're speaking out publicly about it, and I know that's vulnerable and unknown, and I really appreciate your bravery in in doing that with us today. Yeah, you're so welcome. And um and it does it does feel it feels vulnerable and tender and also exciting at the same time to get to share some parts of, of my story and my journey in hopes that it can support other women in their their own journeys as well. Mm-hmm. So to start to dip our toes in to our conversation today, we always start our women's gatherings with a personal sharing. And can you let us know also just as a way for you to get more comfortable in this space, where you're joining us from today, and how you're feeling in your body, heart, and mind? Absolutely. So I am calling from Boulder, Colorado. Um, it's a lovely kind of gray, gray, beautiful, misty day over here, and um, I am feeling I'm feeling um, in my body pretty alive and a little nervous. Um, my mind feels clear, um, and I feel quite present and a little bit um, mm, curious how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> Yeah. And because I know that we're here today to talk about a really major loss in your life um, that you experienced a couple of years ago and that really our whole community experienced. But you were definitely in the, the center of that. Can you tell us more about, um, about this loss and, and what what happened? Yeah, um, so it was just over a year and a half ago. Um, it will be two years in September. Um, and Mark and I had been in relationship for um, a total of four years prior to his his passing, and. Um, we had an interesting, quite an interesting journey together. What I'll say is that our, um, you know, that from the moment we started being in an intimate relationship together, it was it was an extraordinary love affair on so many levels. Um, and in the last nine months of his life, we had quite a bit of challenge with each other. Um, we actually stopped being like calling ourselves being in relationship. Um, nine months prior to his passing, but yet we both had a very hard time staying away from each other um, during those nine months, but also a lot of challenge and conflict of just trying to find each other and trying to get on the same page. And um, yet again, it was this, you know, our love for each other was 
was made it really hard for us to be apart, despite the challenges. Um, so fortunately, you know, before he he passed, fortunately we were in in contact, um, quite a bit of contact, the three to four weeks prior to his passing, and um, and fortunately we had some of the most extraordinary um, conversations and intimacy and. Um, wildly miraculous um, insights and unfolding before his death um, took place, and and one um, one um, night he was dancing with our community, and um, actually I'll just back up for a second. Our last phone call we had. Um, you know, I hadn't been sleeping well, and I had talked to him a few hours before he passed away, and and he, we had plans to see each other the next night, and he, he's, he gave me this, like, Krista, go to bed early, sleep super well, you know, we'll talk in the morning, and um, and the next morning, like, I woke up, and I had slept incredibly well, surprisingly well, and I picked up my phone, and I looked at my phone, and all of these, my phone had exploded with all of these kind of cryptic messages and people had called throughout the night and it's like, Krista, I'm here for you. And I'm like, what's going on? And I um, called a girlfriend who had called a few minutes earlier and um, she told me what happened and Mark had, was dancing, you know, with, with them, some members of our community and the night before and he walked out into the hallway and wasn't feeling well and um, basically fell to his knees and 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 um, hit the ground and and from what I hear um, it seemed that he had passed pretty quickly so it was a sudden a sudden death that uh, none of us you know had any idea w- was coming essentially and so um, finding this news out you know of course the world just stops and um, becomes really still, and that morning became um, the start of what I consider the most challenging period of my life, Um, navigating that, but also the most extraordinary um, gift um, as a result of having to, you know, pull myself up off of the ground and... um, and discover who I really am as a result of Mark's passing. Mm-hmm. I just want to check in with you to see to see how you're doing so far after sharing that. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I'm. <laughs> it's it's interesting because it's like there are so many things that um, feel so important to the whole story, um, and and mm-hmm. to, to try to try to share them all is, is impossible, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, yeah, I feel tender, definitely feel tender about it, um, but it, it also feels so important to speak about it in a more public way. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other pieces of the story, you know, you said that there's so many pieces, and I know, like, with intimate relationships and with the crisis, there are just there are so many different threads. Are there any others that you wanted to give voice to 
right now, or do you feel complete with that kind of painting yeah. of the picture? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, hmm, I would say, you know, while, you know, it was really what's profound, one thing that, there's so many things that are profound about this story, um, but one thing that's really profound for me is, um, you know, Mark was on his, in his last three months of his life, he, life, he was kind of on his own walkabout, you know, and he was discovering and and allowing himself to do whatever he wanted to do um, to discover more of who he was in those those three months and um, and in during those three months you know he was he was telling some 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 of his buddies and some of his friends and colleagues you know of, of saying you know I don't have a lot of time here like I I need to I need to do work that really makes an impact I don't have a lot of time left. And about a cup, maybe a week or two before he passed away, he was telling me about a vision that he had. Um, and I didn't quite get fully what he was saying, but the vision was essentially he was saying, Krista, I had this vision of us. And he said, we go forever backward and we go forever forward. And he said, and like I'm, I'm essentially leaving for a little bit, mm-hmm. and um, and I kind of was like, oh, he, you know, because we've been in this challenging space. It sounds like he's seeing a vision that we need to take space, and you know, and um, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, wait a minute, like, what is he, what is he talking about, and um, is, is he talking about, is he, is like, is he talking about like leaving this planet? You know, and so the last conversation we had, I was going to ask him. I was like, okay, so what is the time frame here, Mark? Like, what are we talking about, this vision that you saw? And because we were going to see each other the next night, I decided to not ask him that question. Um, You know, but then, of course, I never got to ask him that question. So Mm -hmm. I say all that to say that he, there's some, there was some knowing in him that he, he was, he was going to pass. I really get that sense. And um, and the kinds of conversations that he had leading up to his death, you know, as I hear more and more from the community, as I look, reflect and look back at our conversations, the, 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 there's such a mysterious, m- like, miraculous component to, to Mark's passing and how it all, how it all unfolded. So I think mm-hmm. that's really what I want to share there as well. And then, Christy, you spoke to how, understandably, that, you know, his passing catapulted you into the most challenging period of your life so far. Yeah. Can you, can you walk us through kind of like the different layers of that challenge over the past year and a half? Yeah. Um yeah, I can, I, I can, there's, um, as I was preparing for this call, it's like, I think I, I wrote like a 50 page essay, <laughs> like <laughs> navigating my journey, you know, and, um, and there's so, like you say, like layers, there are so many layers. And, you know, I think, um, from a high level, what I can speak to is, um, you know, Mark's passing was incredibly devastating for me personally on so many levels, um, 
you know, like we had a, a love affair that I've never had before in my life. We also had a lot of fire and friction between us. Um, that was also a loss to lose that. There was a, um, it was, we had incredible partnership in so many ways, and yet it was so hard to find each other, um, as I mentioned. Um, but so to lose him um, was devastating in its own, but, and what it kicked up for me was, you know, bigger existential questions that I had been skating around my whole life, around, you know, holy cow, like, what are we up to here? Why, you know, like, what is life about? What's the purpose of this? You know, but then to have, to lose someone so quickly and to, to have the, you know, a perspective of like, whoa, you know, wow, like, what kind of, what kind of God is out there such that suddenly someone is gone like Mark was gone? And mm. what does this mean about life? And what is this that we're doing here? And why am I here? And it really took me into a, a, deep, um, a deep suffering of, of, of trying to find meaning. You know, I know Viktor Frankl who wrote A Man's Search for Meaning. I think he calls it like the existential vacuum where mm. life becomes incredibly meaningless and not from the perspective of a spiritual perspective like but from you know like not 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 from an enlightened perspective but from a suffering perspective um and i was in it i was deeply in in it and i i i i um there was a time when i i just didn't know if i wanted to be here you know and it was mm-hmm. it was the loss of mark and it was this existential misunderstanding or couldn't find meaning that had me really fall to my knees and um and question like everything um which was a really difficult time right yeah well yeah one of the things that in the course that I'm teaching after sharing these interview series healing from heartbreak there's like we're moving through the different stages of of healing, like the death, the death phase for ourselves, like what you're talking about, and then like the transformation phase, and then the rebirth. Right. And what I've what I've found, I haven't experienced the loss like yours, but I have experienced other forms of losses that have been quite intense. And what I've found in the, in the very beginning um, phases of grief are that it's like it's debilitating. Like yeah. the, the shock and yeah. even um, like eating is hard and getting out of bed is hard and like getting yeah. through the day is hard. Yeah. I'm curious, like how was it for you in those early days and weeks? It's so interesting because it's like on one hand, like what I believe grief can do for us is, is, if we're open and available to it, it can actually, like, um, give us a portal into an incredible amount of sacred presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the same time, this kind of debilitating, you know, can't get out of bed, can't function really um both of those things, and I would say that there was kind of a, it was like a swing back and forth for me of like, of like 
getting tossed into this portal of like, holy shit, like, like life and death, impermanence, this is no joke. And, and, and in some ways, like I was so widely cracked open that I could see the beauty in, in everything and the sacredness in everything. And then there were the times which in the beginning were more, more like this, which is the kind of debilitating, um, one foot in front of the other. Um, and what I was incredibly grateful for was, um, you know, Mark, Mark, Mark's two kids. And, um, I had, you know, the moment that Mark died, my orientation went towards Mark's son and, Mm -hmm. um, and supporting his son. And, And when I look back, it's like, yeah, I supported his son, but, but really like, having that view of I'm going to support him, I'm going to support his son no matter what, and I'm going to be here for him no matter what, was actually my own savior because it had me exist for someone else, mm-hmm. you know, for to support his son. So so that's a little bit of a flavor. But, yeah, and I look back, too, and I'm like, I, you know, I, I still worked. Um, I think I took a couple of weeks off of work, but like looking back, I'm like, I have no idea how I made it through the kind of work that I made it through. Like I was a, yeah. I was an empty shell walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And then how has that shifted over the past year and a half? Um, well, I would say, you know, kind of getting into this, you know, I really believe for me, it was kind of this dark night of the soul where it was any kind of ego that I had had or um or that held me up as a human being as a structure was 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 like it felt like it was just crashed down there was no I had nothing to prove i there's nothing to be right or wrong about it was just it was just existing and mm-hmm. and what I would say is that you know looking for answers of of why mark passed, where is he, why does this happen to us? what is this life about, you know, the, I could never find answers. You know, I know that philosophers throughout our entire, you know, history have been looking for answers and some people come up with their own answers, but I couldn't find any answers. But what I could find, and this, you know, essentially was my saving grace, um, through diving into the grief and diving into the heartache in meditation and sitting in silence and really deeply being with it, Something, um, something inside of my heart kept me going, and it kind of was like this flame that kept burning, and that knew something more than my mind could ever understand. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but but the heart to me knows something so much more than my brain can ever ever comprehend, and so. Um, so basically, I guess you know, I, and you know, the people talk about the phoenix rising. Like, at some point, I realized that I wasn't going to find answers. But if I wanted to be here on this planet and to survive and to really live here and not just kind of live in a haze or live disembodied, then I would have to generate myself. I would have to rebuild myself. I would have to dive so far deep inside that I could find refine myself, rediscover myself, recreate myself, you know, as much as I wanted somebody else to do it for me, nobody else was going to do it. 
And so um, that kind of started to become the transformation process for me of of um, pulling myself back up and, and finding my own my own meaning to all this and um, and my own trust in this this heart space that knows so much more than I can ever comprehend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things when there's when there's grief, it's and one of the things that people have told me is like it takes time, like time takes time, and that yeah. it's not permanent, but it does get better. Right. Uh, when did you like? And just just for people who are in the thick of like intense grief, like acute grief right now. Yeah. At what point did you start to feel things lifting and and just getting easier a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, well, a couple of things I want to say about that is one is um, you know on some level it helped people. It helped when people said you know time will heal, and on another level it was like. I wanted to tell them to, you know, <laughs> what to do with themselves <laughs> when they when they would say something yeah. like that. I was like, mm, you know, you have no idea what I'm going through. You know, there was like, yeah. it's an interesting dance with that. And and I would say that, you know, at times I was like, oh my god, like this is never going to go away. Like this is so painful, and this is like I just don't see the end of it because I think it's I think it's kind of getting better, and then it doesn't, you know, and yeah. But for me, I would say though that you know it's 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 been a year and three quarters ish. But I would say that at the year mark um, of Mark's passing, um, and from having you know really intentionally worked with my process and my grief and really tending to it, and having the community support from it or to, to tend to it. Um, had the the year be a really big marker for me, and I didn't realize it was going to be, but something about the year mark for me really, really started to feel like things began to shift on a on a on a bigger level, even though all along they had been shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned community support with with your grief. Can you talk more about like, and you also about your meditation practice like yeah the tools the people the practices that that helped you just work with the grief as you said you you were really conscious about your process with it yeah yeah um there are so many things that were essential for me i think uh and are continue to be essential for me i'm definitely um you know it's still in a process and and I will also say that I, I believe that I, I will always be grieving Mark and his passing. Yeah. And there's at some point now I feel like I have a choice between suffering that he's gone, which is to me is very different from grieving that he's gone. And suffering mm-hmm. is more of this getting caught into a contracted state that I'm making meaning about it such that um, it means something that's not necessarily a, a, a forwarding perspective, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, so one of the tools that really supported me to get where I am today and continues to support me is to give myself permission to be exactly where I am in my process. And, you know, there's at times feelings of other people thinking that 
it would be good for me to be in a different space or I should be in a different space or I should have a different perspective. And um, if I started to allow myself to listen to the shoulds, even my own shoulds, I should be different, I should feel different, I should be in a different space, um, it was really... Um, it really was not supportive in my process, but to give myself per- permission to be exactly where I am um, was a really helpful tool. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was really important to me. Um, and then, of course, you know the the people around me. I, I feel so fortunate. I um, you know my 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 family, um, Mark's kids. Um, I am. In a woman's group, we've been together for five and a half years. There, there's um, currently five of us, but each woman, you know, having that that net of of women and people who can hold us while we're going through this and and understand that, um, you know, I think what's also important to understand is that each woman's going to have her own journey and and and. What also has been super important is that, um, you know, giving myself permission also to have it look whatever it needs to look like for myself, which at many times was to be totally internal and to be processing, and other times it was to reach out and to have a community that understands that at different points I'm going to need different things. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a also a business partner who's, incredibly supportive and understanding. So the people that are around me definitely made a huge difference. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that ritual, ritual for me was, was and is huge. There was a lot, I had a lot of ritual in the, you know, at the very beginning and I still have ritual every night now that I, you know, um, I light a candle every night before I go to bed and that's been from day one since Mark passed, and it's, it feels like it's an honoring. It's a continuing to bless and bless the process and grieve the process and, and find myself. Um, so ritual has been a big tool. Um, I would say um, staying off of social media has been essential for me. Um, Mm-hmm. really disconnecting from the noise of the world in that way has been really essential. Um, and then also, and I think I've kind of pointed to this a little bit, but like, you know, not thinking that I know something, you know, like there was times when I could think that I, it's kind of hard to explain, but I guess think that I know what's happening or think that I know, like, sorry to be inarticulate about this. Um, it's like, oh, here's where, it's like here, like if I'm entering into a meditation, you know, and I, I've had an experience previous to this meditation saying that, you know, here's where I, here's, you know, I, maybe I'll say this way, like if I, if I feel I'm suffering, and I enter into a meditation, it's like being open enough to feel what's present in the moment versus what I've experienced in the past. You know, that kind of open, surrendered, not knowing was really essential in my process as well. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
What were yeah. the ritual? Sorry. Yeah. There's some more that you want to say there. Oh, I just those are some of the bigger, the bigger, the bigger things. And I, I mean, the other thing I'll say too is, um, I happen, you know, it was really, really hard for me to find any kind of resources of, surprisingly, of women who had lost, you know, uh, some sort of lover or beloved or husband or spouse suddenly. Um, and it was hard for me to find the resources of, like, okay, who has been, who's been through this before? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I did find two women um, who it happened at the exact same age that I was that they yeah. had had a similar experience. And that was really supportive to hear women who had gone through something similar. So that was another important resource for me. Wow. Yeah. How did you find those women? Um, one woman is um, a woman that's in our community um, who is, a, you know, she's super powerful, potent woman. Um, and I I forget how we how I found out that this had happened, or um, I, either she reached out to me or somebody connected us. Um, and so, it, so to meet with her was like such a gift um, to to hear her story and, and see where she is today. And then mm-hmm. the other woman um, is a woman named Patricia Albert, which maybe you've heard of her. Um, she's she's kind of like extended in our community. She works in the integral space quite a bit and. I've known her for years, and she's just been kind of like a, a second mom in a certain way. And mm. and um, so I reached out to her because I knew that this had happened to her. But I didn't know that both of these women, and I'm pretty sure, was exact exactly the same age, which I was 41, which is kind of crazy to hear that. That is so, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you also mentioned you mentioned the ritual of lighting the candle. Um, yeah. One of the things that we're working with in this course, Healing from Heartbreak, is are different kinds of rituals to work with grief. Is there anything more you want to say about that? Like any other ritual that you found really helpful? Yeah. Um, hmm. You know. Um, you know. Ritual with women. Um, coming together, holding space um, with me. And, you know, we we meet every two weeks and we ha- we tend to have some sort of ritual. But but that was a ritual in terms of of intentionally coming together and speaking to the pieces that need to be, you know, spoken to. Um, I would say that, you know, there was, there's, I have a particular um, connection with nature and um with which most of us do um but as a result of mark's passing there was something around the nature and even the moon and the moon cycle and um ritual around the new moon and the full moon um just in terms of you know what i'm what we're seeing noticing where i'm at at each phase um you know, and then I would say that mostly the ritual of of really listening deeply um, into what's alive for me, um, especially when I'm in meditation space, but at any given point of a deep, deep, deep listening of, of what's actually here, what's actually mm-hmm. present, what's actually moving, and um, really practicing that sort of listening to support my process was a 
it is a continued huge ritual, mm. which which often uncovers more layers of um, either grief or wisdom or insight around the entire process for me if, of this deep kind of listening. It seems to uncover a lot of that. Right. And you mentioned you mentioned some things that weren't helpful, like you, like social media. And I think, I mean, something that I've noticed during my times of grieving is that there are people who come closer and then there are people who are kind of like scared away. Yeah. And what, what was your experience with that? Um, what is your experience with that? Like, what did you find helpful from people? Mm-hmm. And what did you find is very not helpful? Or what did you, what did you realize around other people's support? Yeah, it, that is such a good question because it is interesting how, like, people who, you know, and I, I can underst- I can completely understand this, and it's such a big learning, it's such a big, beautiful lesson for me as well. I'm going through this, but it's like people who I would imagine, on some level, that would have reached out or would have gotten more curious or would have extended themselves. I th- I think did become. Some people, you know, became a little bit afraid of not knowing how to um, be with me. And mm-hmm. and yet then there were people who, you know, were, I didn't know that well, and they would lean in with, with incredible care and curiosity. And um, and I was just blown away by, by how they were being with me. And so I would say that um, most helpful, even regardless of how close in relationship I felt with people, um, the most helpful was really coming with a with a real care and a real curiosity and an ability to listen to where I'm at without um, without making some sort of like quick assessment or judgment or even very subtle like like judgment like there's ways that i could I could feel like I would start talking and somebody would kind of get a little bit closed or contracted or I don't know what was happening but but then there was people who would who would actually just bring forward like a real curiosity and and um and it was in those moments that I just felt incredibly supported um mm. so I think most helpful was people leaning in and with with real curiosity and care and then you know the least helpful was you know aside from these two women who had gone through something similar um least helpful i would say was people trying to give advice or you know stating their philosophy what they think about what happens after people die you know like and speaking right. as if it's true and i'm like you know it's just there's a way that all of that kind of um wasn't very helpful um even though i know that they were of course working to support me so i have no no um i, I don't hold anything against it um against them um but yeah, and then I think you know, e- even with people's grace and intent, you know, they might say something like, "Oh, you shouldn't worry about that," or "You shouldn't feel dot dot dot," you know. And I, mm-hmm. I knew it was coming from a, a really caring space. But again, like I just didn't feel like I felt like what was most supportive was people giving me permission to feel exactly what I felt or have the perspectives, you know, the perspectives that I was having. So I would say those two things. Right. And what about during like the early days? Um, 
the early days and weeks, like when it was the grief was really strong, were there any practical, like hands-on things that yeah. that you found most helpful from people? Yeah. Well, um, you know, in one way, like I'm, I would consider myself more of an introvert, and so when I go through a really challenging time, I tend to go inward more than extend outward. Um, and I felt like what was really helpful was the people that knew me the best kind of knew that um, giving me, you know, like leaving me messages or texting me or all of that kind of stuff, they knew on some level how supportive that was even if I didn't get back to them. You know, and like yeah. the continual reach outs, even if I didn't, wasn't able to respond just because of the mind state I was in were so helpful, you know, and even having them say, like, don't, you don't need to get back to me, you know, but I just am letting you know I love you and I'm here. And so that was really supportive. And then, you know, some, you know, my, especially my family and my women's group and our um, our close-in relatives, you know, would would bring us food and um, and us, I mean me and um, Mark's kids, they would bring us food and they would, you know, offer support in any way that that was you know that was helpful so i would say i would say those things um mm-hmm. i'm sure that there was a lot more it's just kind of like digging them out and you know that 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 mind space that we're in in the very beginning is such such an altered space um yeah it's kind of hard to remember kind of so yeah 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 you're just in survival mode exactly yeah yeah and Krista, what are some specific ways that you feel like you've become a better, stronger woman as a result of Mark's passing? Yeah, I feel like I'm, um, I, you know, his losing Mark in the, his physical form um, is not, I don't, is is not um, a gift to me. I don't, you know. Um, but the process that I've had to go through is a huge gift to me. I feel like um, the reason why I feel that is because it's it, it's had me it's ha- it's made me really discover who I am, you know, and 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 it's made me find my strength, a strength that I never even knew that I had. Um, it's given me so many lessons about life. Um, and you know it's like um the 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 realization of impermanence the, the the direct experience of impermanence you know has altered my life completely in terms of how i relate to life now and 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 i feel like i actually know on a deeper level level how to actually love people and love life and um and i and i you know of course go unconscious you know at times, of course, like we all do, but but I really hold value in every single moment that we have. It's a precious gift to me. And we don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. Um, we have no idea. And for me, you know, um, I feel like I'm, I've become a better woman, a stronger woman, because I now actually value what a gift this life is, which... I valued it before, but not in the way that this kind of loss can have one see. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so I, you know, I am no longer willing to 
um, as much as I possibly can. I'm no longer willing to fall asleep in certain areas of my life or to put things off or, um, you know, now I'm more committed to telling deeper truths, to to exposing who I am even even if I fear judgment or um, taking the risks that that I feel are necessary to take because because of impermanence. Um, you know, so in that way, I feel like I actually, you know, I know that I'm a totally different woman and I know that the, the people that I work with um, are, are more impacted by how I show up with them more truthfully. I lean in more. Um, I don't take anything for granted or I try not as best as my ability not to take anything for granted. And if I do, you know, I kind of back up and try and clean it up. Um, um, you know, I I feel like I'm a um, you know, even though Mark Mark is gone in his physical form, um, I have an incredible relationship with Mark, which mm-hmm. you know could be heard in a strange way, but like you know, my the love that we had between us um, has has not died. In fact, I feel like it's gotten stronger and. Um, and, you know, we don't have the human challenges to bump up against anymore. He's not, he's not, he's no longer physically here. Um, but I feel like I feel, I feel his love and I feel his strength and I feel my love for him. And that makes me feel like a, like a, um, it makes me feel more excited to live, like just, having the kind of experience that that I've had as a result of this and and feeling the depth of our love has me excited to be here and to be human and and to give my gifts back to anybody that I, I can possibly give my gifts back to um so then that's kind of a lesson to me of permanence also which is you know he's in paradox cuz he's gone but he's also not gone you know mm-hmm. and um and boy I yeah, living in the present moment is a is, is I think has me become a better woman, like fully as much as possible, living right now, versus living in the past or fearing about the future. You know, I feel like I'm I'm doing that in such a more committed practice. Um, so there's a lot of different layers to all of it, but I but I definitely I feel like I'm an entirely different person. And when you when you speak about connecting with Mark now, is that is it a feeling? Is it like do you feel like you can actually have conversations with him? How do you how do you experience him now? Oh, I would say it, this is a really interesting. I'm, I'm glad that you asked the question because that's been an interesting process as well. Like I would say that um, how I experienced Mark um, in the days following his passing and how I experience him today also has evolved. Um, and there's not, it's, 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 it's difficult to put words to for me about, about how I experience him um, because, you know, sometimes I will hear, like, his voice, you know, but, but is that my mind recreating his voice? I don't know, but I, I will hear his voice. Um, mm-hmm. But often the way that I connect with him is... Um, is honestly when I am in contact with my love for him and and 
how I then experience him is, hmm, um, it's like it's it's like he it's like his wholeness, the wholeness of who he is is present without without physically seeing him. But there's like it's just an extraordinary feeling of love. It you know I I feel like whether it's Mark or whether it's just being you know blown wide open, I feel like I have deeper insight um, to situations and intuition and answers than I've ever had before. And so whether I, you know, whether some of that's in in through the connection with Mark, whether that's just, you know, being blown wide open, it's hard to know exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, there's just, there's instances where it's just eerily, but so tangibly, like, I feel Mark, and it's just he's got a certain signature, and I could feel it, and it's cool. And I don't, you know, I don't take it for granted, and I don't make it to be something bigger than it might be. But I, but I, but I, you know, but I definitely welcome any and every opportunity to to um, feel like feel his connection, you know. And yeah. and it's and it's interesting because I, I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about it because then you know there's some people who feel like you know, that being connected to Mark still means that, you know, I'm not going to be open for connection with another man. You know, if I really go in, if I go deeply into my connection with Mark, you know, people can have that perspective. But the truth is for me, and it took me, you know, over a year for sure to even feel desire again in my body. Um, But the truth for me now is like, I am like, I think that the man, whoever I end up in relationship with next, is going to be a super lucky man because through this process, I feel like Mark has taught me how to actually love. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the loss of him has taught me how to love. So I want to give you know I want to give voice to um, uh, this kind of assumption that we can make if someone's partner has passed away or if there's still a connection there that there's. Um, it doesn't mean that there's, there's an opening for somebody else. I actually feel a bit, a huge opening for the right mm-hmm. person to come along. And and I'm so mm-hmm. excited about that because that wasn't always the case. I was like, I am not interested at all, you know. And yeah. um, and actually my connection with, you know, the connection I do feel with Mark feels um, feels like a big part of being open to, to somebody else. Right. Yeah. And where are you in that process? Are you just open to it are you dating again or like where where are you in that spectrum um well i would um i would say that i'll just back up a little bit and say um you know it i was i was i was actually a little bit worried (laughs) about about you know like there was some people coming my way and i was just like it's not happening for me like like nothing is 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 happening there in that realm in terms yeah. of desire, and so I was a little bit concerned um, about like yeah. things coming back online. And but but I gave myself, and this feels really important for anybody going again. I've, I know I've said this, but going through the grief process of being like, I should be different, or I should be somewhere else, or I should be different, or maybe if I just override, you know, this and do it anyway. Like you know, if I had if I had taken up an invitation with somebody that didn't feel right, maybe that would be the thing that would get me to where I would be open again, you know, like, and I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I didn't do that. Um, 
because then there was a time when, um, you know, and it was about, I guess, about six months ago or so when, when I when I met somebody and it was like, it you know, it didn't it didn't go far, but it got you know, it, there was there was an instant connection, and um, at least six months ago there was an instant connection, and it yeah. was like yay, like there's desire in my body again, and there's like I feel alive and. And thank God I didn't push it, and you know, and and so you know, that wasn't. I didn't. We didn't follow. We didn't fall into that opening. But but uh, so I would say, you know, I'm incredibly discerning, like any woman should be, and any man yeah. should be. Um, but I'm definitely open, and um, and I'll and I'm not going to. I'm just. I just am not willing to. I'm also really not willing to do something that doesn't. That I'm not a full yes to. It's just like why waste my time, like. You know, just like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a full yes to it, at least at least exploring it. Otherwise there's like I'm not interested in, in 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 wasting my time. So Yeah. Yeah, and part of that is the impermanence thing. You know, life is we don't know what's gonna happen the next day. Why why do something that we're not a full yes to? Yeah. Yeah. And in closing, what do you most want women to know who are grieving healing and healing their broken hearts, specifically around the loss of a loved one, but, I mean, it could just be open-ended, you know, any kind of loss. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I would go back to this. Um, what I have found most true, and I've done a lot of suffering with Mark's passing, um, you know, in terms of, it being really, really, really not just painful, but like, but actual feeling of suffering, and and you know, when I ta- when I take suffering away from grieving, like for me, grieving and heartbreak, um, with the right perspective, with the right opening, with the right ability to sit with the pain and the heartbreak, I truly believe that that's an opportunity and a gift from the universe to to lean in and get as close as possible to the pain and the heartbreak in your process of grieving because for me you know I can't bring Mark back but I am going to I am going to take the gifts that being broken open can give a person and um you know, I believe that coming into deep relationship with our pain and our heartbreak in these situations that we don't have any control over, um, we can discover more of who we are. We can discover more of our strength. We can discover divinity, you know, and whatever that means for the person. We can discover a greater love than ever possible when we lean deeply into it. And even though that, for some people, you know, they... they um, some people tend to go as far away as they can from the pain. Um, I, I think it's a real gift and a real opportunity to really cultivate something extraordinary when you lean into it. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing this just really intimate and vulnerable and powerful window in your life. 
Yeah, you're so welcome, and I really appreciate, Sarah, um, the conversation and the conversations I know you're having with other women and the course that you're offering. Like, this is such a, a important and sacred and um, essential journey that that we all uniquely experience in our own ways, and to have these kinds of conversations and to have the kind of gifts that you're offering are incredibly supportive. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you and blessings on your on your ongoing journey. Thank you so much, Sarah. You too. Heartbreak is mandatory, but transformation is a choice. If you're needing more support to navigate the alchemy that's possible within your own grieving process, please come on over and explore Healing from Heartbreak. In this four-week online immersion, I map out the three core seasons of heartbreak and how to weather each of them gracefully by extracting the wisdom you need from life's hardest lessons to emerge more whole, resilient, and joy-filled than ever before. Now, grief is neither an easy path, nor is it one that you need to walk alone. I've poured everything I've got into this course, from spiritual self-care to sisterhood, mentorship, Buddhist teachings, tools for emotional resilience, rituals, reprogramming core beliefs, and empowered life-visioning principles and practices. So whether you're healing from a recent heartbreak or one from months or years ago, you'll receive the support that you need through our community of women, our weekly classes and mentoring, and the exact practices you need to face each stage of your healing process. So that you don't just break down, you break through. You can learn more at thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash healing dash from dash heartbreak. I'll be back again in a few days with our next interview. And until then, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.